0: This is Horsin around with Broncos Insider, Andrew Mason. Oh my god. Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go. And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide.
1: Buddy Duddy.
0: Now, here's Orange and Blue 760s, Andrew Mason.
1: Horsing around from Senior Bowl week, I'm Andrew Mason, and thanks for joining me. We've got a jam-packed show for you this week. We'll get to the Senior Bowl later on as we catch up with Duke quarterback Daniel Jones, one of the potential first-round passers down here this week. First, though, let's talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection process for this year. We chatted with three voters— Sirius XM NFL Radio's Alex Marvez, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports. (laughs)
0: <laughs> to my next guest, a good friend of ours, Alex Marvez, of course, used to live in the uh, Denver area. Alex, thanks so much for giving us some time. How yes, are you? appreciate it, man. I, I'm, I'm doing
2: great. Listen, Steve Atwater, obviously, you know, this is fantastic for you, but it also sucks, right?
3: Because, you know, you go through it, and <laughs> hey. have, you, have you gotten good, though, with I'm, the whole I'm process? I'm all right, man. I've been through this a few times, so, yeah, okay. I'm all right. So it's good. It's you know, but right.
2: I, I will tell you this, though, and I, and I mean this, each year that you're in the room, you get a step closer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen in there. I, I'm just to be honest on a forecast. Champ Baylor was pretty good, right? Amazing. Yeah, he was pretty darn good. So yeah. you figure he's going to be a first ballot inductee. Ed Reed, yeah, he was all right, right? He better be. Yeah.
3: So he's he's gonna, not. Be, it's a problem. So, so he's
2: going to be a first ballot <laughs> inductee. And Tony Gonzalez caught a few passes or 10,000 of them or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So now we got 12 guys in the Thunderdome fighting for two spots, right? right. And this is what's going to be, I think, a very interesting meeting for, for all of us when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame voting because I, I do believe that last year coming out of the meeting, Isaac Bruce, there was a lot, and I'm not trying to expose anything here. We do have some certain restrictions of what we can say. right? But I will say that a really strong case was made for Isaac Bruce. He wasn't able to get over the top. But, you know, when we're comparing Terrell Owens and, and what he did in the NFL and Ike Bruce, it was just interesting. I, at least I was affected by what I heard about about Isaac Bruce. You know, Tom Flores has become an interesting guy because, you know, there's a lot of sentimentality about a guy who's won two Super Bowls. Mm Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. But, but Tom Flores, you know, getting in the room again. Clearly, people keep banging that drum for, for Don Correale, uh, you know, to try to get in because he gets into that final 15 over and over. So it's going, it's it's such an interesting debate. It's a great debate. And I just feel I feel like, you know, people get upset when their favorites don't get into the hall, but it's like Peter King said it best. Who do you want us to take out? I mean, yeah. these guys are worthy of the Pro oh, yeah. Football oh. Hall of Fame. They're vetted and time comes, but we're also in a society where – People have a hard time waiting mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it used to, and listen i mean bill parcells wasn't the first ballot inductee so it's crazy once you're in you're in though I, I talked to tim brown about that and that's how he felt as well so i'm wishing all the best i think your presenter's going to do a great job i'm excited for you and I tell you, man, it, it's just a crazy. It's a crazy time, but uh, but thank you all for having me on. I mean, yeah. you're better. You're better off for having Steve Atwater under airwaves. I do know
1: that. Hey, hey, sometimes. Hey.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Every
1: day, come on. Every day. Sometimes
3: they like, wait a minute, man. What's these days?
1: Now, of course, Steve's a safety, and safety, while gotten Kenny Easley in a couple of years ago, Brian Dawkins last year, probably Johnny Robinson and Ed Reed this year. It's still a position that historically it's been tough to evaluate and steve and leroy butler for example are the only guys on offense and defense from the uh, all decade team in the 1990s who aren't in so why has safety kind of been so difficult to quantify? Is it the lack of stats? Is it something else?
2: I don't know, because usually, you know, the guys have good stats, right? I mean, interceptions, you know, in some cases. I mean, if you're a hard hitting safety, maybe your role's a little bit different than the traditional strong safety. I'm not sure, you know, why that is. I really don't. Uh, you know, maybe just, listen, we're, we're at a position right now, let me give you an example, left tackles. We went through a spell where we had just a, a decade of incredible left tackles. You know, a Willie Rofe gets in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Shut down, and he's just the first guy off the top in my head but shut down guys are getting in the pro football hall of fame incredible run of left tackles well from this generation over the past 10 or 15 years i think we have one guy that'll get in for sure joe thomas and i think there'll be talk about about jason peters But we just haven't had the same number of great people to position. Mm -hmm. Well, I think safety, fortunately, and you mentioned those other guys that had been passed over, you know, and and Kenny Easley getting in as a senior committee member, the same thing gonna happen with Johnny Robinson, but we do have John Lynch now as a pro football hall of fame finalist. He's getting in year after year. And I think, you know, if he keeps being around, we're gonna look at that, you know, and say, okay, at, at some point as voters we get together and we say, are we gonna get this guy out of the room or not? And when I say that, Get him out of the room like, okay, so he keeps getting in here year after year. It's year eight, year nine, year 10. so people are saying our our group our constituency the 48 voters are saying this is a person who belongs in the final 15 vote at what point are we going to elevate them to get into the pro football hall of fame and, and i think for some of the safeties now that time is coming and, and you had teres palerana you know from yahoo sports who does an awesome job at, and you know mm-hmm. obviously a, a great voter because he does his homework and he pointed out there are just going to be some people that they don't want to put a number of safeties you know in this mm-hmm. so when we have five modern era finalists would we be willing to have two safeties i can't look at it that way you know I I don't want to look at it like, well, I'm going to take just one wide receiver and one running back. And No, if a guy's worthy of getting in, they're worthy of getting in. And there are just so many factors that, that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. You have to do your homework and, and talk to people around the league. Talk to your contemporaries and say, hey, is this someone who's worthy of the hall? What did you think of them as a player? Just be candid with me. Do they are, Were they among the greatest who ever played and why? And have that information and do it. And, and don't let politics get involved. You know, there's a lot of rumblings about back in the day, you vote for my guy, I vote for your guy. I, I, I hope that didn't happen. I'd be naive to say if I didn't think it happened. But, you know, hopefully there's none of that. And people go in there with a clear mind. Uh, because I've, I've seen situations where someone, Floyd Little would be a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Jeff Legwald had one of the greatest presentations I've seen in about a decade of being a voter. He went back and looked at film of every single Broncos game that Floyd Little played and basically said this guy was getting killed and he still gained yards. Mm-hmm. He was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage constantly, yet you look at how much he was able to gain yards after contact, and it just added to his greatness, and how Floyd Little helped bring the Broncos in the 1960s from a team that didn't have a winning season to finally getting one, I believe, at 7-5-2 and two, or seven, you know, something to that extent mm-hmm. back in the early 70s. So there is something to be said for, for the presentation that goes on as well. But the safety position, you're right, through the years it's gotten short shrift, and now we have a little bit of a backlog mm-hmm. at the position. Because I'll tell you this, when I was riding at the Rocky Mountain news Mm -hmm. i would introduce steve atwater in my in print as as future hall of fame safety steve atwater and i wasn't blowing smoke i mean you were showing those earmarks then things have happened but at least you're back in the room right now
3: yeah Mm -hmm. so alex um what current hall of famer that you've pounded the table for do you feel most most proud of uh and you know what was that process like you know trying to get somebody over the hump in that regard
2: let me say this I did give a a kind word for Shannon Sharp I've not had to I've not had the responsibility of presenting yet I will at some point uh you know I'm an at-large voter now as my first year as a full-time voter so at some point I would imagine someone is going to give me a candidate that I'm going to be responsible for presenting but I did want to make it a point with Shannon Sharp that Shannon as much as he's known for his pass catching he did become a willing blocker mm-hmm. as time went on. And he actually when I covered him in the nineties, was actually more interested in talking about his blocking than he was about he was his pass catching. Yeah. He was, that he that he'd evolved as a player and done it. You know, listen, I, I love Shannon. I, I just I, I just he's so sharp it literally and figuratively, right, with the name. Yeah. But, but he's just a neat guy. And he is a team guy, you mm-hmm. know, and just one of the most colorful the way, characters yeah. I, I ever I ever covered. And I just wanted to make sure, too, in the room that for people who didn't know him and maybe see a media perception and think of him a certain way, that it's not like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Like the real Shannon Sharp, there's a lot of substance to this guy. And, you know, what he was able to provide. I mean, he was a true difference maker in the NFL. He was one of the the pioneers of what the tight end position has become. So if you ask me for an example of somebody that I I wanted to say something positive about and, and, you know, to help elevate them, I I think that, that
0: was an example right there with Shannon. Nice. One more question on the Hall of Fame for you. Mr. Bolin. In the contributors committee, how do you feel about his chances? I feel really good because here's the thing
2: about it that's a little bit different. Voting for owners when it came to modern era finalists was very difficult because what you get into is, okay, you own a team. That's great. But, but how active are you, really, in, in what happens? You know, you you know, and, and in Pat's case and what's going to help him, look, he did have his contributions to the league, but he was smart enough to get the heck out of the way. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for that, subjugating your ego and just letting people who know football, you know, do their job and giving them the tools to do their job. You know, that mm-hmm. that's the big thing about it. He gave Mike Shanahan a blank chuck, but even, even when Pat didn't have money, You know, and he was hurting, as you know. I mean, he was really at a point because of the lease agreement he signed with Mile High Stadium that was not a favorable one to him, not getting any luxury suite revenue, et cetera. He was on the ropes a little bit financially, but he never told Mike Shanahan, no, you can't go out and get all of these incredible free agents. And that's what the Broncos did. And listen, it wasn't just wasted money. I mean, to bring in Neil Smith, you know, to bring in Romanowski, to bring in guys that were impact-type people, you know, Howard Griffin. My gosh, I can go on and on. Darian Gordon, yeah. Darian Gordon, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so the hero of the Kansas City playoff game back in the, in the first Super Bowl season. So, uh, you know, he let people do that. And so when you're a contributor and you're not taking the space of a, of a player who would be a little bit more worthy of getting in, I really think that elevates his chances. Plus, let's be honest, Patrick Smythe and the Broncos Media Relations staff, they have deified Pat Boland to a point that I don't believe the game of football could have ever been played without him. I'm being tongue-in-cheek here, but they have really pointed out the level of success... Under Pat Boland and you know they do a good job to make it very crystal clear as to what he did for this Broncos organization and what I think has helped Pat over the past couple years. Rather than just being an owner of an individual team, his place in history has been defined a little bit. Yes, he did help with television deals. Yes, he was very close to commissioners. Yes, he was someone who contributed to the fabric of the league. You put that together, and, and I do believe that Pat Bolan will be getting in as a contributor. And and thank goodness for that. And I just I understand he's at a really difficult point in his life. Yeah, yeah. I just hope he and his family. I just hope they are all able to get together, have a great time, and be able to enjoy what should be an extremely special weekend and an extremely special 2019, culminating with Hall of Fame induction in Canton, Ohio.
1: Next up is Mary Kay Cabot, who is Cleveland's Hall of Fame voter.
0: You are a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, and uh, we, of course, have a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist uh, sitting here at the table. So what do you feel as though uh, Steve still needs as far as it, to be in that room? What what kind of argument needs to be made? What do you think about his candidacy?
4: You know, I feel really good about it. And of course, I wouldn't say anything else. He's sitting two feet away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big guy well too. Said. Like <laughs> no, well said. No, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. No, I, I think he has an excellent chance, and I voted him as far as I could all the way down the line last year, and I'll do the same thing again this year, and I'm not just saying that. Thank uh, you, really, high five. Yes, yes, and I really do believe that, and I, uh, I'm i pulling for you, and I, I really hope that uh, that this is your your year, and I have a good feeling about it.
0: Thank you. Really well said. Uh, Mr. Bolin, also yeah. in the Contributors Committee, how do you feel about his?
4: Well, you know what I mean. He obviously uh, has all of the credentials, and uh, I, I really do think that he's going to have some great presenters, and and that that matters in the room. I mean, you you know you need somebody to go in there and and state your case and and sell it.
3: Yeah. And yeah. you know I,
4: I think that that you guys you know will have that. Oh yeah. And um and that you don't have to worry about that at all. So yeah, I think that you know he was a phenomenal contributor to this league, and and I wish him the best too, and I uh supportive and on board
1: now let's get the perspective of therese paler who is kansas city's hall of fame voter so what's
0: up man how are you hey, good. how you guys doing we're doing great oh, man, thanks doing for good. uh coming by we yeah. really appreciate it no problem you mentioned hall of famer as you're talking about <laughs> steve atwater one day. kind of well uh he is a finalist well, so one day is that day coming up here soon
5: i, I think it would be soon i don't I'm honest with you. I don't hey, know. No, no, I don't know how is, they're man. gonna do it. This, cause I don't. I don't know what the temperature of the rest of the room is like. Listen, from what I can gather, Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed, Champ Bailey are all. You know, those are right. So that leaves two spots. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of linemen that deserve to get in. Um, it's it's gonna be tough. But you're somebody who's been a finalist now multiple times. Yeah. I think there's an understanding that at least to me like i voted for you before so i, I think you deserve to get in like I, look i'm 34 so like the Koye hit like mm-hmm. all the st- you winning super bowls like that stuff resonates with my generation right and i i think i think you de- you definitely have a good case i just don't know what we're going to do with the other two. I don't know what the other voters are going to do with the other two.
3: Just push this case, man. I get
5: it. No. I I understand. I understand. But but Steve, the fact that you've been a finalist multiple times, that's like a really good sign. That's what I will say. Um, And as long as you get in before the senior committee... Like you got 20 years, right? So that's horrible to say, but the senior committee—you don't want years a, left now. You don't want—you don't want a piece of the seat. Oh yeah. Committee. You don't want, because there's it's so many yet. guys, oh, yeah. and there's only one per year. You don't want to have to go that route. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. But I, I think one day, Steve. Yeah. That, but I just don't know when the year. Will be. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: Of gotcha. course, Pat Bowen, contributors committee nominee. What do you think the chances exactly. are of him getting the call?
5: Right. So between yeah. champ. And Pat Bowling, yeah. I promise you some people in there are going to be like, all right, the Broncos are covered. What are we going to do with these other two spots? Because right. Bowling, when you're a contributor finalist, I mean, there's got to be some real issues with you <laughs> for the group to just be like, right. nah. Says
1: so a lot about boo then.
5: Smart inference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about what happens in the room. Right.
5: But, but, like, if you're a
3: contributor
5: and, like, the room is just like, nah. Like,
3: there's – there's, said something, yeah.
5: There's, there's, yo, like, stuff is being said. So, right. I don't think that stuff is out there with Pat. I think there's an appreciation for what he's done for the game of football, what he meant to the game of football. Um, Like, I'm voting for him. I can say that. Like, I'm voting for him, and I hope others – I think others will too.
1: Good stuff. Really appreciate the time from Therese, Mary Kay, and Alex. Thanks a lot for joining us this week. Now, of course, you've heard Steve Atwater asking questions of voters – Now he's part of asking questions of a fellow finalist, John Lynch, of course, general manager of the San Francisco 49ers who are involved in the Senior Bowl. They're one of the teams that is coaching down in Mobile this week. And Steve Ryan Edwards and I talk with John Lynch in the lobby of the headquarters hotel about his Hall of Fame candidacy and more than that. Here you go.
6: How you doing, John? I'm doing great. I'm always great <laughs> when I see At. Uh, he's a uh, he's a guy I looked up to early in my career. I remember Herm Edwards coming in old VHS tapes back. Remember when like, those oh, existed yeah, and saying, study this guy. This is how we want you to play. And uh, So it's been fun getting to know Steve through the Broncos and uh, through the Hall of Fame um, we you took know, to another level. finalists. Yeah, and so um, it's uh, we, he's a great dude, so it's always great to, to, to see him.
0: Yeah, how has that process been? The Hall of Fame process, of course, so we're all hoping for great news for for both of you guys. But how's that process been for you? Well, if if you like things you have absolutely no control over,
6: um, it, it's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, what, hey, I think we're both proud of what we were able to do during our careers and. I was just telling someone to, to be on that list with guys like this it, it's incredibly humbling each, each and every time and I'm never going to complain about it I'm just going to enjoy it and, uh, and uh, who knows someday maybe it happens.
1: <laughs> Busy month for you of course coming down here to the senior bowl also Broncos hired Rich Scangarello I'm sure the negotiations were back and forth on uh, letting him interview but what kind of coach are the Broncos getting in Skanks?
6: Uh, they're getting a real talented coach, a smart, smart football coach, a guy who deals really well with people. Uh, you know, I think uh, two things come to mind when I think of Rich Gengarulo. He was our quarterback coach, and I think first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo, incredibly talented player, but he came in the middle of a season. That's hard to get a guy ready to play. And I thought, Rich, uh, you know, it's when I've really first started taking notice of him, the way he was going about coaching the guys who were playing, but then also on his off time getting Jimmy ready to play in short order uh, i thought was incredibly impressive and then the work he did this year when jimmy got hurt um you know with both cj bethard but especially nick mullins the way uh he exceeded where we ever thought he could play to and uh you know most of that credit goes to nick mullins but i think a ton of it goes to rich gangarillo for constantly working with him uh when he wasn't playing and having him ready for his opportunity yeah
3: well, John, I had to pay you for all the good things you said about yeah. me, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, uh, John, you, you're in personnel now, GM of San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I know it's a big step up, quite different from being a player. Yeah. What are you trying to get when you meet with players out here at the, at the Senior Bowl? You know, what types of players, uh, you know, there's 49ers. I, I you yeah. don't have to get into too many too much detail, but, right. you know, what, 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 what kind of player are you looking for? Yeah,
6: so, I mean, this opportunity um, – you know, this week, and, and extra special this year because we're coaching it. Now, I don't like the reason we are coaching Correct. it because it means you're at the, the, you didn't win enough football games. But uh, having said that, um, you know, when you're coaching this game, you get extra time with these guys. You get to be in a film room. You get to watch them interact with your coaches. Are they smart? Are they dependable? Can they play under pressure? And people say, what's the pressure in an all star game? Well, the pressure is this really affects you know these guys futures and so they know that how are guys going to deal with that how are they going to deal with learning something it's it's a tough deal even though it's a scaled back system we're going to challenge a little to see who can handle it um, the competition there's probably nothing like that watching guys go out and compete one-on-ones and things and so i think this is a great opportunity for our staff to to have a little behind the scenes look at these guys and uh, we're going to try to make the most of it
0: Mr. Bolin expected to go in as the contributor this year. Uh, As somebody that's been a part of that community, as somebody played for the team, what does it mean to you to see him go in?
6: Yeah, You know, I think one thing I've tried to bring to the 49ers, uh, just in the way I approach it, because they didn't need any help. They've got five five, uh, trophies that sit down there. Um, But the one thing I was always so appreciative for Mr. Bolin and that made Denver a destination is that he was going to do – a lot of people, I think, pay lip service to it, winning championships, and we're going to give you everything you need. You always knew with Pat Bolin that you were going to have every resource available. His whole motivation is just winning. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, like, I – I love my owners in Tampa, but I never did a college pool with them. And, you know, I remember being in Greek's (laughs) office on Thursdays and and him talking trash to me about my picks and, and like, not knowing how to react to that. But that's how – that's what a cool guy he was. He was always there, but I I think he believed in letting people do their work. He never meddled. Uh, He was just there to let let you know – that he had your back and you always felt like that and his success p- speaks for itself but also the contributions he's made to the league on the broadcast committees a lot of the things that help make this league what it is he was the brains and uh behind it and a uh, wonderful human being and i can't say enough and he, he belongs
1: pat bowen you steve atwater and of course champ bailey all ring of famous famous all hall of fame finalists champ you guys came in the same year back in 04 what sticks with you to this day about playing with champ and what you remember about him
6: well uh, uh, champ's one of the more gifted athletes i've ever been around i mean i used to say man that's not you're not even it's not even right man you make this look so easy (laughs) but what i what i grew to appreciate about champ and you never know until you play with someone the work he put into it because i think when you're that talented it's very easy just to say hey man i'm good you know and champ worked tirelessly both physically Mentally, I mean, he was a guy who quietly would know his opponent inside and out, and could tell you, uh, you know, I I would have him watch tight ends to to help me. He was so uh, the 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 work he put on to match with his skill. Um, You know, to me, he's a he's a first ballot guy, and uh, he's one of the great players I think our game's ever seen.
3: So, John, uh, a lot of people ask me this. I'm sure you get asked the same thing about the relatively. Small number of safeties, pure safeties yeah. who are in the Hall of Fame. What do you say when people ask you about that? I say it's garbage. Put us in. <laughs> <laughs>
6: there we go. No, man. I, I think I think for years, you know, I think this, the the uh, I think the the safety position evolved too, and I think you and I were at the at the forefront of that. It used to be just a guy who stayed back there in case every anything broke through. But I think we were involved in kind of that transition to where we were asked to do a little bit of everything. At times we were rushing the passer like defense alignment. At times we were linebackers. At times we're covering receivers. And I think, um, you know, all, all you got to do is turn on the TV on championship weekend. And typically on a team who's going to the Super Bowl, there's a safety who's playing really well. And, and I think the reason being, you can affect the game in so many different ways from that position because you're asked to do so much. So I think people are starting to. Uh, The voters are starting to understand that. We're seeing more representation, and and I think it needs to continue to happen.
1: Indeed, it does great stuff from two Ring of Fame safeties, John Lynch and Steve Atwater. Now let's move on to this year's Senior Bowl. You can catch up on all of our content with daily analysis and features on DenverBroncos.com and the Broncos 365 app. Ryan, Steve, and I have talked about the quarterbacks quite often, of course, and one of the key passers who will be scrutinized by the Broncos and other teams is Duke's Daniel Jones. We talked to him in the lobby of his team's headquarters hotel this week.
0: All right, we're talking with uh, Duke quarterback uh, Daniel Jones. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, so uh, first two days of
7: practice, how do you feel like you did? Uh you know I think uh some ups and downs I think I you know I did some good things but you know some m- mistakes that I'd like to have back I think that's probably typical of a first couple of days in a in a new system in a new setting but um you know nonetheless probably things I I need to correct going forward and and uh looking forward to doing that but it's been you know fun to be out there with coach Gruden and his staff and uh you know a lot of good
1: players with the concepts that are being thrown at you this week, now looking back, how much did what David Cutcliffe do help help prepare you for this week? Uh, I think a good bit,
7: you know, I think um, obviously everything's deeper and, and you know, the, the pro pro uh, pro concepts pro uh, pro system is different but i think just the exercise of uh processing information and, and playing the game above the neck i think coach cutt's done a great job preparing me to do that hopefully and um you know hopefully i'm able to to adapt to a, a new system and to learn it and, and you know transfer some of those skills to a, a pro system
3: How's the experience of playing with a lot of guys you probably watched uh, while you were playing uh, in your college days? How's the experience been
7: and what you kind of thought it would be like? Uh, Good. I mean, I think there's a lot of really good players here. Um, You know, some of the receivers we got are are pretty pretty good and um, fun throwing to those guys. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, running backs, tight ends, I mean, our offense is, is uh, you know, it's cool to see some of these guys who uh, you know are going to be playing in the NFL, uh, you know, and, and be uh, big names in the NFL here here pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really been a fun week and from that sense and getting to meet those guys, play with those guys. What's some of the feedback you received from Coach Gruden and some of the other coaches? Uh, you know, I, I guess Coach Gruden... Uh, Wants us all to, to kind of you know tr- experiment with new things and uh, you know realizing it's the first time we're out of a, you know our own system and, and in his system and uh, I think just being receptive to to new ideas while not you know changing what, what you're comfortable with I think he he, all, he wants us to be comfortable he wants us to play well I think he's made a point to emphasize that but you know also to be be open and be receptive to new ideas new new ways of doing it, and kind of just be willing to experiment a little bit.
1: Have you had a chance to meet with the Broncos, among other teams, yet? And if so, uh, what were your thoughts?
7: Uh, yeah, I did an a interview with a, a Broncos, um, a scout, a personnel guy, and that, and that went well. It was, a, you know, kind of a, a background deal, and um, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I think, um, you know, I think all these meetings have uh, gone well. It's a good experience for me, um, you know, through this process. So
3: so far in practice, what's, what's been the most challenging thing for you, if anything?
7: Um, I I mean, I think uh, the first day was probably the new system and some of the verbiage of it. I think just um, you know being able to kind of see everything in your head before the play and and, uh, you know some of that, which was kind of adjusting to a new system. I think um, you know a lot of the players that are on defense are are faster than you're you're used to, and you know still they're, they're still college players, but guys who have been selected for this game for a reason and and you know that's that's different but um yeah I mean I think those two things probably be the things that stand out to me in your opinion last question for you Daniel Jones joining us in your opinion what about your game translates the best to the pro level uh I think my toughness hopefully um you know I think that's something I take a lot of pride in I think you can um, you know, that's a transferable life skill, I think, but particularly as an, as an NFL quarterback, I think that's key to, to success.
1: And uh, if teams ask you in an interview, hey, Daniel, what do you think you do best, but also what are the areas you feel you need to work on to get better? What do you tell them? Uh, I think, I, you know, I try to start
7: with, with toughness. I think that that is something I've proven over my career at Duke that I do do well. Um, you know, physically, I think there's things I do well uh, as a quarterback and as an athlete um, in terms of what I need to work on. Um, you know, I think there's at times I've gotten looser mechanically and that's caused my accuracy to to suffer. I've never felt like I've had an, you know, an accuracy issue where I didn't, couldn't put the ball where I wanted to, but uh, just being more consistent there is something I'm working on. And uh, at times, you know, I feel like I've, I've held the ball or been slow to make a decision, um, throwing the ball away or running it. I think, you know, Coach Cut says no one to stop competing. I think that's something I could do. I could do better, um, you know, at the next level.
3: So when this game is over, you're on the plane, got your feet kicked up, first class. <laughs> uh, what will have to happen for
7: you to feel like this week was a success? Uh, hopefully I play play really well on Saturday. I think that'll be the first thing that I'll look to to you know, kinda of show improvement through the week. I think um, you know, teams have talked about through this week they want to watch practice and see that you've improved steadily and you know, Saturday be the culmination of that that progress. So, uh hopefully that is something that's evident. Hopefully, um, you know, I've made an impression on these teams that I'm uh, you know, an intelligent guy and willing to willing to learn, uh eager to learn and, and that I love I uh, love football, love to play, uh, and compete. So, you know, I, hopefully I, I'm successful doing those things. Very quick, one last thing. Um, is it fair that people have
0: sometimes said it's Drew Locke versus Daniel Jones out here as far as who could uh, be a first-round pick or be p- p- put in that position to t- be taken at the top of this draft? Do you
7: do you think that's a fair assessment of, of this, or do you guys look at it that way at all? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think... Uh, personally, I'm just you know trying to trying to be the best version of of me. I think so, making the impre- best impression I can, um, you know, relative to my potential is, is kind of what I'm trying to do this week. And you know, Drew's a great player, and it's been fun to fun to watch him. And I'm actually rooming with him, so spending a lot of time with him. And um, yeah, so you know, I, I really haven't looked at it that way at all. And um, you know, it's just, just a fun week to kind of work personally on yourself and uh, your game, your your ability to, to interview and impress teams.
1: Thanks to Daniel Jones, Alex Marvez, Mary Kay Cabot, Therese Paler, John Lynch, and, of course, Ryan Edwards and Steve Atwater. For everyone involved with this podcast, I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next week from Atlanta.
0: This has been another edition of Horsin' Around. With Broncos insider, Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards.
5: That's how we get it done!
0: We'll see you next time
4: on Horse and Around.